Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Arguably one of the worst Star Trek, the original series episodes ever. Spock's brain. Compliance. The final frontier. Tom Fox is the voyager of trekking through compliance. His mission? To explore the original series and seek out and share what it can teach you about compliance. Here's your host, Tom Fox. In this episode of Trekking Through Compliance, we consider the episode Spock's Brain, which aired on September 20, 1968. And occurred on Stardate 5431.4. This is the first episode of the final season of Star Trek Season 3. Story synopsis. The Enterprise encounters an ion-propelled ship of unusual configuration, which then activates a transferal beam. The beam transports a mysterious woman onto the bridge of the Enterprise. Upon arrival, she stuns everyone with a gizmo on her bracelet. She examines the stunned crew on the bridge and appears to take a special interest in Spock, so much so, in fact, that she surgically removes Spock's brain, as McCoy and Kirk discover when they come to a short time later. Luckily, due to Vulcan physiology, Spock's Spock's body can be maintained alive mechanically while Kirk goes in search of his brain. When When the Enterprise follows the ion trail of the women's ships, They are led to Sigma Draconis system. Out of the three habitable planets, scanners detect none, which is capable of having constructed an advanced ion-powered craft. Planet 3 is low on the industrial scale, 4 higher, but 6 shows no signs of industrial development and indeed is in a glacial age. Uhura detects regular emissions of high energy from Planet 6 in contradiction to its supposed primitive status. Playing a hunch, Kirk beams down with a landing party to Planet 6. Sigma Draconis 6 is indeed in the middle of an ice age, but Kirk has no trouble locating inhabitants who attack them, believing them to be, quote, the others, end quote. When Kirk captures one of the attackers who calls himself a morgue, and questions him, the morgue warns Kirk about the givers givers of pain and delight. Kirk asks morgue about females of his kind, but he is only met with befuddlement, much like a teenage boy. When Kirk asks the morgue to help find the others, the morgue runs away in terror. The landing party soon locates a dead and buried city and also discovers a trap elevator. Kirk and Bones beam down Kirk has bones beamed down with Spock's mechanically controlled body, then intentionally triggers the elevator, which takes them below ground. At the end of their downward journey, Kirk encounters the female and iMorg, Luma, and stuns her with a phaser before she can activate her bracelet. Questioning leads nowhere since Luma has the mind of a child. Spock makes contact with the landing party through a communicator, but before anything can be done, Kirk and his party are appended by apprehended by Kara, the iMorg leader. The landing party is then equipped with immovable belts capable of producing intense pain. 
In response to Kirk's questions about the whereabouts of Spock's noggin, Kara responds with deep philosophical statement, brain and brain, what is brain? Following this outburst, Bones assures Kirk that all of the iMorg have low intelligence and could not possibly be capable of removing a brain. The answer to this riddle is discovered when Kirk and the crew overpower their guard and follow Spock's instructions to the central controller, which is now actually housing Spock's brain. Here they find Kara, who immediately immobilizes them with their pain belts. Kirk uses the remote control to command Spock to grab Kara's wrist and release the button, hit the release button on the bracelet. Spock's brain informs Kirk via communicator that the iMorg have been able to g- gain temporary understanding of ancient knowledge from a machine called the Teacher. Kirk forces Kara to put on the Teacher, and she uses her newfound sophistication to level a phaser at them. Scotty pretends to faint, and Kirk grabs the phaser away from her. McCoy then uses the teacher and discovers how to perform a brain transplant. He surgically restores Spock's brain to his mechanically sustained body using a tri-laser connection and a sonic separator just before the knowledge's three-hour period is exhausted. Luckily, Spock is able to provide some assistance to the procedure after McCoy manages to reconnect his vocal cords. Kirk then informs Kara that the iMorg will have to move to the surface and live as the morgue do. She's not too thrilled by that prospect, but Kirk does at least offer some Federation assistance. Fun fact. Um, this episode is often cited as the worst episode in the entire oeuvre of Star Trek TOS, although it is not my candidate for the worst. Unfortunately, that's coming. The authors of the guidebook Star Trek 101 apply the episode's title, Spock Brains Award, to the worst episode on each series voted by fans. Co-producer Robert Justman described the episode episode as being the, quote, late lamented, end quote. In his autobiography up till now, William Shatner joked that the, po- <clears throat> the plot of the episode is a tribute to NBC executives who slash the show's budget and place the show in an undesirable time slot, leading to its eventual cancellation. So what's the legacy of Spock's brain? Well, the authors of the guidebook Star Trek 101 applied this episode's title to the Spock's Brain Award, given to the worst episode of each series as voted on by the fans. The recipients were for the animated series, The Lorelei Signal, for The Next Generation, Genesis, for DS9, Profit and Lace, for Voyager, Threshold, and for Enterprise, these were these are the Voyages. Ronald D. Moore once implied that he considered this episode tolerable, but the second weakest installment of TOS after the lights of Zatar, commenting that it had campy fun to get you through it. So I'm not quite sure if you feel like it's campy or not. Uh, I will credit Mr. Sulu in this episode because it marks the third of five times that he's seen in the captain's chair while temporarily in command. It occurred in the Aaron of Mercy, the Enterprise incident. It will occur in the lights of Zatar and the Savage Curtain. So, uh, what are the compliance takeaways? Before we get there, we do have to acknowledge that this episode really is just terrible. And indeed, season three starts in a, a very fast downward spiral. This is all due to NBC, who, although they brought Star Trek back for season three, cut the budget, and brought in Freddie Friedberger 
uh, to produce the series. If you are a TV aficionado, you will recognize that name from the Wild Wild West, but he was certainly not a competent Star Trek producer. So what are the compliance takeaways? Well, how do you channel compliance passion? Uh, very early in the episode when uh, Kirk discovers Spock's brain is gone, he is passionate that he is going to find his friend's brain. Uh, so how do you uh, translate passion? Because the compliance practitioners I know are very passionate about compliance. Two, what do you do when you're facing intransigence? Uh, clearly, the iMorg, uh, most obviously Kara, do not want Spock's brains removed. So what do you do as a compliance practitioner when you're faced with intransigence? And then finally... What skills do you have on your compliance team? It turns out that they need the skills of a trained surgeon to restore Spock's brain. I hope you'll join me tomorrow when we take up the Enterprise incident for our next episode in Trekking Through Compliance. If you enjoyed this episode of Trekking Through Compliance, you can help it grow by sharing it with the biggest Trek fan you know. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.